When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Tuesday night. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh, What a Night. What a bloody night, eh? If you were wondering, no, there is no precedent for what happens when a manager has to leave because he's literally going to jail. Mm. Um, But now we've set it and the outcome is you lose 3-0 and go out of the Europa League. To help me go through that absolute... uh, I don't even know what to call it. Welcome to Hunter, to Sean, to Jude. Dan's not about because I'm... And I honestly... I don't think it's going too far to say I'm genuinely worried <laughs> from Dad's <laughs> WhatsApp group last yeah. night. His messages were just that of like, of I don't know anymore. Oh no, I don't know anymore about this. <laughs> like not. It was like it was like existential. Yeah, it was yeah like, exactly. I don't know anymore about a- a- anything. Mm. I oh, think he's just going to spend some time at a lake, looking yeah. over and skimming stones, just making sure he's okay. You need to invite him down to Brighton for the weekend, Jude, to sort of sit <laughs> by the beach, stroke his hand. Take to go and see some slam poetry. <laughs> there was a real... Should we just start with where we're at? Like, kind of where everyone is at, sort of mm. feelings-wise. Everyone get their journals out. Um, so, <laughs> we had the Arsenal game the other day, and we kind of broke it down afterwards. I was pretty... I felt pretty rough after that. I think... A couple of you might have felt like, yeah, we had that coming and maybe I can't remember who sort of went more towards the, it, like, you can't play that way against Arsenal, which is unacceptable. So I'd assume that everyone was in the same boat of like, you now need to go out and perform in the Europa. There is just no discussion. You must go out and put out a decent performance minimum in the Europa League and get through to the next round. That's a fairly standard starting point, right? Yeah, I don't think I don't think any of us would argue against that. It was a it was a, a must win, or at least not lose game. Do you know what I mean? It was, it, and it seemed pretty clear what the, you know, what the what needed to happen. So what actually happened is, uh, I mean, unbelievable in a way. Honestly, unbelievable. Okay, so with that in mind. Sean, when did you when did you have the point where there was a little bit of the first sound of a faint alarm in the background? I don't think it ever really clicked in. And 
it's just weird because I you could kind of see the danger in the first half. You could see like they were making some decent attacks and they were making some good chances and really kind of worrying us. Then we got into half time and it was nil nil. And I think at that point it's just like okay, just forty five minutes, just do not concede two goals, and we're fine. And then they get the first, and then I think that's probably the point where the alarm should have started ringing, but it didn't. It was almost just kind of like I just kind of accepted what was about to happen. Like it was. It's like the same story you've seen a hundred times before and you're seeing it again. It's, it's literally kind of Groundhog Day for Spurs fans. Like, we knew where this was going. This is a result of a lot of the crap that we've had to watch, particularly in the second half of this season. Because when we, when we don't show up, we really don't show up. Like, I don't think there's been like a middle-of-the-road performance from us in ages. And when, like, I was on the press conference the other day and I asked Lucas, you know, why, why were we so bad at Arsenal? And he basically just said, we weren't intense enough we didn't want it enough and I think that's first of all outrageous to say about a derby game but it says a lot about what what the hell our problems have been this season the games that we don't win the games that we get, in fact get battered in because there's very few kind of close games like we deserve that like that's the problem we we we're so far away from being a consistently good team we're either we're so streaky we're either so hot or just completely off it. And we've been coming to this. We'll get onto it in a bit, but Larry said last night, like this is a reflection on everything that's happening at the club right now. Okay. So uh, let's, hit, uh, as you said, we'll hit the, hit the brakes on Hugo, because I think we've got to do a, a kind of, we've got to do a bit of a deep dive into that. Jude. Um, so we can see the first, which is worrying. We can see the second, um, how do you feel? That's also at, worrying. Yeah. Probably more worrying. Um, <laughs> although weirdly, I was less worried once we conceded the second goal because I didn't feel that we were going to concede before extra time. It was suddenly like, oh, oh, God, we've got to play now. How did you feel once the full-time hmm. whistle went? Um, well, a little bit deflated, I'd imagine. Um, it's quite funny how Spurs fans have do have that sixth sense or... Or, or spider sense for you know what might happen because we had we had messages popping into our WhatsApp group around like half time being like they could go out here <laughs> this could be us done and it's, it's very very Spursy um, but I did I didn't I didn't really feel like Spurs were the favourites to go and get the third goal of the game um, even though that was what was, some of the chat was from the the BT commentators just because. Um, Dynamo were just playing through. They were playing through Tottenham so easily throughout. It was it was pretty similar to, to the Arsenal game. They were finding loads of space out wide. Um, I know Spurs had loads and loads of players like Kane and, and Bale on the pitch and um, people you'd think could go out and get that third goal. But it just, it seemed like overly optimistic to be like, yeah, we're, we can just turn this around in the space of extra time it did, it did, it did, I didn't feel like favourites going into extra time I'd say felt like um, any time there was a a dangerous ball in the attacking third like it would just pop up or bobble you know or just be like it, it, it never really sat for anyone but it had that feeling like it wasn't going to sit for anyone all night which is weird because on the flip side Orsic like <laughs> he made it look like he was playing on a, a carpet, you know. He just looked stunning at the other end. So, um, Hunter, t- take us home. So, um, so then the third goal goes in for them. Where are you at then? Uh, 
it's it's that weird one where you sort of go beyond anger or being upset or anything and you just start sort of laughing which is a horrible place to be as a fan I don't know if everyone else was there, but you do end Not up yet. in this sort of like... It's almost like a maniac laugh, Yeah, yeah. It? It's like, what, what more could possibly go wrong? These guys are not... I mean, they had a good night. I think they played some good stuff, but it was like, it was so abject that when the third goal went in, I was like, yeah, they, they deserve it. There's, they can't be an argument to say they don't deserve it here. They've, they've completely outplayed us for the 90 minutes. They've created plenty of chances. We've handed them chances. There's there's not been sort of like, we've not been hard done by. And I have to say after that, I, I thought maybe we'll sneak one because they've sat really deep and we did create, you know, I think they cleared it off the line twice, but it should have never got to that point ever against a team in UEFA's 19th ranked league. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's embarrassing. Then began the kind of fallout. On, on social media if people who are not on social media are listening I'm aware there's probably like I don't know a few percent maybe there's a few people who actively chose to ignore it on social I'm sorry that I'm bringing it up um then that was kind of the very worst of 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 Spurs Twitter like watching <laughs> watching that unfurl um it really was it really was a grubby watch so um we're going to sack off the good and the beautiful because I just don't think there's anything that we can get from it. But I do want to kind of take a little bit of a look into the first argument, which people seem to be getting into, which is about um, tactics, players, strategy, whether there was a um, clear method there and whether players just ignored instructions or whether um the approach was wrong. So that can be our bad to begin with. Um, it, or is it somewhere halfway in between? Sean, what do you, what do you think? It's probably, I think it's ugly because it's just, what can, what can we say? Like either it's, I think it's a bit of both, but I do think the manager, he's either making the point and it's not getting across or it is getting across and the players just aren't, kind of performing to it either way there's something very very wrong there's something clearly very wrong and I think the way that that's going on about now like the players just being so either unreceptive to the tactics or the tactics being bad this is at the end of the day that's why Pochettino had to go that is why the difficult discussion the most difficult decision that Daniel Lee's probably ever had to make in his life that's why it had to boil down to that and we're at that same point again now and I think that you just have to make that the ugly because that's the end. The, that's the end. That's, that's <laughs> the end. Is it? Should we just no, end the t- no titles? <laughs> end the today, today we choose to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the discussion you're having there, though, Hainsey, is it's it's almost like irrelevant. Do you know what I mean? If the players aren't doing it, or if the manager's not doing it, because whatever's happening now, it's just broken. The the players aren't listening or they are, and it's not tactically astute, and the, or the manager's not getting across what he wants to say, which is a massive failure on his part, or it's a mixture of both. But what, what we can see now is it's fundamentally not working. So whether Mourinho could still be the best manager in the world and we could have some of the best players in the world, but if it, does, if it, if it ends up like that in a 3-0 loss to a team like Dinamo Zagreb, you something has something has to change fundamentally. Something has to change because it's not it's not working, is it? 
Shall I? Shall I? I feel like I should almost put on a a, a staunch defence here for for kind of like the the tactics or the strategy guys because there is like a there's a massive swathe of the Tottenham fan base. There is a bigger swathe of this fan base than I than I realise that are very much looking at it like these these players are just not performing. Like they're just not performing, um, and you can't. How can you legislate for? I mean, Gareth Bale had a chance. He's eight, nine yards out. He goes in, and the game's over. Harry Kane had a chance. He's six yards out. He goes in. The game's over. He has a header. You sort of almost put your life on them taking one of those three chances. What? 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 What's the response to those people that that sort of would say that? Well, to say that it's the players' fault. Yeah, or the, or the the idea that there was no there was no pressing yesterday, and Mourinho's told players to press, like he's told players to be, to be at it. I mean, he, he, by the end of the game, he had the the first eleven pretty much on. I think Miguel Delaney, the Independent, wrote a really good piece this week about how every team left in the Champions League is like an attack first kind of team. Like Simeone's at late going out was like it felt like the kind of death of defense first football, and Mourinho. I don't think he's quite extreme as Simeone, but he's definitely defence first. That He's made no secret of that. That's been his case the whole time. But I think we're getting to a point nowadays with football where I think everyone's kind of sussed that the more chances you make in a game, the more likely you are to score. And you need to keep making more chances to have those better chances. You need to put yourself in the best position possible to do that. I mean, we every single weekend, Brighton make a million chances, but they, they hardly score any. That's down to their finishing. But it gets people talking about that's the, kind of the right way to play football. And I think maybe that's where Mourinho's come unstuck in modern times. Just it's not as easy as to find space on counters like that. Maybe sometimes it's not as easy to be as defensive as it as it was back when he came, first came to the Premier League. Like, <laughs> if the plan Can was I... yesterday to sit and counter attack, as it seemed it did, because we we're very deep again, um, the, the the selection of players. Um, was was quite strange, and I think these are the these are where the manager takes has to take the blame. Right, he selects the he selects the team, he sets them up. So to have Lamella, Delhi, Lucas, got a lot lot of dawdlers on the board with Winks and Sissoko behind them. You're not giving. I mean, we've said this before. Winks Sissoko doesn't work as a two in the middle. It just doesn't. Even Mourinho earlier this season said he said outright Sissoko cannot play central midfield. He's a right midfielder, and yet. And yeah, he's there starting a really important Europa League game for us in central midfield. So there you have to question that decision. But then also, I see a lot of people saying, well, he's telling them to press. Well, they don't look like they know how to press. And The, funniest, the funniest comment ever, by the way. Mm, yeah, well, look, we've said it before. Look, shouting press is good because you want your team to get out and meet them. But it does look, and this is purely just from looking at the games at quite an extent... It does look like they are still going in ones. They're not setting traps. And that doesn't come down to bad bad tactics on the on the pitch. It comes down to players not knowing how to do that. And so, I mean, I'm not suggesting that Mourinho doesn't teach them on the training pitch how to set traps and blah, blah, blah. But it does look like, especially against Arsenal, Hainsey, you pointed this out to me, they weren't pressing. They were they were just dropping. Every, every time Arsenal got the ball, it was get back, get goal side. And and we, I mean, I get, last night, I I couldn't tell you really what happened last night. Do you know what? It's become like a bit of a blur in my because we didn't, we never had the ball, 
We couldn't hold on to the ball for five seconds. Even when the ball was dropping centre-backs, they weren't taking a touch and playing. They were just whacking it back into the opponent's half. So it was just like, it, last night was bizarre. I, I, honestly, it's one of the weirdest games I've ever watched for Spurs. And it was not that enjoyable. Uh, yeah, let me let me put a little bit of meat on the bones on a couple of those points as well. So off the back of our pod the other day, I wanted to, I'm not sure if I said this on the pod actually. No, I definitely didn't say it on the pod. I wanted to watch the Arsenal game again because there was so much chat around what had happened and what had gone wrong. And as the, the point I made at the beginning of the show in that the fan base is so split and th- there were so many different opinions. And I wanted to kind of check my own eye test. You know, I, I think a lot of people within the football space would say that the eye test is usually the most important thing. You, you, as people that watch a lot of football, you usually know fairly instinctively how you feel about a performance or how performance is playing out. But there was so much chat around the Arsenal game about players letting, letting the manager down or the managers letting the players down in terms of the tactics that he chose that I was like, I want to watch this again because I want to be sure that I'm that I'm not getting gaslighted by one section or the other, which it feels like we consistently are at the moment. Um, and it's not, I, I, I just, I, just on a personal level, I don't think there can be any claim that we were set up to press Arsenal because essentially our, our defensive strategy was almost like a horseshoe. It was to make sure every single player was behind the ball when we conceded possession and then gradually retreat and make sure that Arsenal were managed in terms of how quickly they could progress the ball through the pitch. So we sat in, we sat slowly deeper and deeper. And even when we went out to go and meet Arsenal on the edge of their own box, it involved us having 11 men behind the ball and just managing the way in which Arsenal brought the ball forward. There was no pressure on Gabriel or, or David Luiz pretty much at any point, or Leno for that matter. So, so with that in mind, then coming into this game, if you actually look at the stats, I think the reason why, Hunter, you can't actually say like what really happened, when you look at the stats, it was a it was a pretty nothing game. There wasn't a huge amount to pick between the two teams in terms of like massively one side having loads more possession, massively one side having loads more chances. I think they had more on target chances potentially than us, but there's not a huge amount to see between the between the stats. So if we're to peel back the layers a little bit more, considering that the game was relatively even, is it unfair to lay blame at Mourinho um, when a lot of people are saying, is this just a DNA thing? Is this just a thing that Spurs have got in the locker that we have always had in the locker? Um, And uh, until we have a massive change, like a massive club wide change, this will just be something that is there that exists. Jude, I'm I'm, I'm chucking that to you because I am very aware that I've been talking for a long time there. (laughs) It's a biggie. It's a biggie. Um, Let's go down to the pier to answer this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just in in isolation for that game, I think just regardless of stats or whatever, you should have enough to avoid um, throwing away a 2-0 lead at Dynamo Zagreb with the players that are out there. Um, However the team selection was very hodgepodge and I think Spurs did have most of the ball throughout, throughout the game. I don't think it, yeah, it wasn't one side or the other, but it was what they were doing with it. And I think Zagreb were about 15 shots up to four, like midway through the second half. So that just sort of shows 
Um, there was a real lack of idea in, in how to get the ball to Kane or, you know, how the wide players like Lamella or Mora could um, drift in field and get those shots away. Um, a, DNA, a DNA thing, it comes back to a sort of painful rebuild that, doesn't it? Where we're sort of, we're, we're, <laughs> we're seeing it in full effect of, you know, in reverse of what it might have been a few years ago. It probably what, is a DNA thing, I'd imagine. <laughs> what you're saying there is, is right there, Jude. And and I know we want to talk about it separately, but Hugo almost touched on it. Well, let's get into it. Go on, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's because he, Hugo almost touched it when he said, you used to be able to trust each other. We used to we used to be able to uh, rely on each other and we were, we were much closer. Now, obviously something's changed. We knew, we sort of knew that after the Champions League final, something changed. Something something happened beyond Poch just not coming back, basically, for pre-season. Uh, people fell out. Trippier said things happened behind the scenes, right? And then Mourinho comes in and he might... He, Mourinho might still be suffering from having too many players left over from, from whatever is happening, whatever happens now. You know, Delhi being left out. Danny Rose is still at the club. It's not, it's not a great situation, that one. You know, Harry Winks the golden boy who was going to be our central midfielder can't get a game now. It does feel like there's a lot of sort of stale relationships that have sort of, that were big at Tottenham at one point, you know, Delhi and Dyer, they were, you know, it was Delhi and Dyer, but now neither of them are our first choices. It just feels like there's a lot of different relationships pulling behind the scenes. And last night just felt a culmination of like people feeling like they, they didn't want to be there or like, I don't know because because of how abject a lot of the performances were, it just felt like a lot of people being like, "I don't want to be picked in the Europa League. I want to be picked in the Premier League. I don't. I don't want to be starting as a sort of backup. I want to be there every, every single week." And although obviously you have to play your way in, I think what Hugo Lloris was saying was that people didn't seem prepared for this game mentally, and when you could see that in the performances, right? Like you could see that some people looked off it and looked pissed off. And look like the, look like their their legs weren't quite ready. Like Harry Winks had an awful game, a really bad game, and he was pissed off when he came off. And and we sort of just, we discussed why we thought he was why we thought he was angry. And I thought I thought maybe he felt like he'd been slightly thrown under the bus being put into central mid with Sissoko and being overrun for for a long long time. But he he had a bad game. It just it, I don't know. It felt like a lot of things coming to a head last night. I don't know about you guys. Can can I sort of just that? I think think you made a really good point there when when Larry said about the relationships piece. But one of the things that I found really difficult with his interview was to try and work out which points were aimed to which person. Like, do you know? Do you ever have as a, as a kid one of those puzzles where you had? like things down one side of a page and things down the other side of the page and all the wires cross over in different directions. You have to try and work out which wire goes to which letter, for example. It kind of felt like that. I couldn't work out. Is that a is that just a, a, a call to action for his teammates? Is it like, come on, that was just not good enough as a team? Is it a call to action for the club? Because mm. he, he sort of said, Every I can't remember what the exact quote is, so forgive me for paraphrasing. But he said, "Shawnee, like it was, it was everything about the club across the board. It was the basics are not right at the club." Mm-hmm. And I think if you're Daniel Levy, you're probably sitting there being like, "Well, if you want to talk about basics, let's talk about the training ground that I've made sure that you've got where it's the best possible training ground you could possibly have. Let's talk about the stadium. It's 
one of the best stadiums in the in the world like all of the assets are there like everything's there in order for you to go out and get an elite performance so what what do you think in terms of who he's actually gearing those comments towards it screamed very much of like a I want to start a civil war kind of thing, didn't it? (laughs) 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 Um, I think, I think in fairness to Larice, like it was quite big of him to come out after a loss like that. And he doesn't, he doesn't usually come out after a lot like big losses, but he came out for this one. I feel like maybe he felt like he had to because it was just so seismic. Mm. And I think he felt like he had a point to talk about. He had, he needed to say something. I think that he, he probably like Trippier has seen things at the club are not as they should be. He talks, you said they talked about the togetherness that they used to have and the belief they had in each other, and that's gone. There's no basics, there's no fundamentals. I think it's a, I think it's everyone. I think he is just trying to hammer it home to everyone and make sure that everyone gets the fair share of the blame for how it's got to this point. I don't think, I don't think he wanted to make it personal with anyone because he didn't. He didn't, never singled out anyone, he never singled out any player or Jose or Levy or anyone. I think he is just trying to, to make sure the blame goes far and wide and it's not put back at one person. It's everyone needs to kind of reevaluate what the hell is going on now. I can't believe we're back at the painful rebuild saying yeah. again, aren't we? But it, it, all roads do lead back to it because Pochettino saw it two years ago. And we're, we're back at that thing where it's going to be players or manager, right? And it's the it's a rock and a hard place. The players are the manager. You can't sack all the players, and and the manager's tied to a thirty million pound contract. So it's a, a horrible place not, to be in. But to pick on what you were saying, what, what do you mean? What is it? Is it things need to change, and it's players or manager, or do you think we might have reached a point where? I'm not saying right now, but I do wonder in the future whether we might have no choice but to look at both, perhaps. Uh, oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I said, <laughs> do you know what? At the time when Pochettino said, I went, give the man what he wants. If he says players need to go, players need to go. You know, when he said Carl Walker, Walker goes for 50 million quid, I was, I was gutted because I really liked Carl Walker as a player. I thought he was brilliant. And I, but if he's decided he needs to go, he needs to go. And I would have backed him selling anyone. And I would have backed him getting rid of anyone. But now you have to bring in a manager again. If it's not going to be Mourinho, you have to bring in a manager who gets to, has to get to know everyone. Then he has to find out who the who he wants in his system, who works, who doesn't. You're talking about another, at least another year. Do you know what I mean? That, that could just be another year of turnover because in the summer, it's really hard to sort of... And I think something we have to take into consideration as well is the current financial situation of football. It's not easy to get rid of players especially if they're not playing well you you probably you know Levy's gonna he never takes a, a cut price for anyone does he so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting sort of a few months from now um I think w- what you said Hainsey about Larissa's comments are quite interesting in that it, it it's fuel on the fire for both sides of the Mourinho versus players argument isn't it like both sides are going to say Luis's comments suggest the players aren't working out, and then the Mourinho out people say, "Well, Luis's comments also say that there's something fundamentally not working," and so you just end up in the, in you can go in circles with this argument. But I think what we can all see as as Tottenham and football fans is that whatever's happening, whatever it is, it's impacting what's happening on the pitch, and 
I think it, it come now it comes down to Daniel Levy making the decision because it you know I don't know if he is still in charge of transfers but he was when Poch was there and he's de- certainly in charge of who's in charge of the club so it was, a, it was like a burnout squad a, f- a few years ago wasn't it but every player who played last night was was either signed by Poch or like brought in through youth so it's just it's very in- indicative of how far that squad has come or not it hasn't really had that fresh energy brought into it as much as it's and you needed. mentioned the you someone mentioned the financial climate yeah. that we're in a different one now and we probably have to sell to buy again i have little confidence in the board to do that job properly after they said like remember there was a meeting with the supporters trust and they asked basically oh how come in summer 2018 we signed literally no one which was like quite an unprecedented thing and there was like you know, buying and selling players is actually really hard, and it's just like stop moaning and do your job. So, if that was then when <laughs> our stock Sebi. as a club was much, much higher, when yeah. we had come top three in the Premier League three years in a row, we're still in the Champions League. We at least gave Juventus and Madrid a good run. Where are we now? We're going to be eighth, potentially not even in Europe. No, mm. Nothing. We're going to have absolutely nothing left. We're, my, Kane and Son might stick around. That's your selling point. You can't come play with Kane and Son as they approach their thirties. I think I mean like look the the rumors about Nagelsmann last month aren't going to go away are they or was it even it was earlier this month wasn't it <clears throat> there's a mm. that the, I think the Telegraph and the Independent both said there have been there have at least been conversations made say what you want about Levy a, he understands when businesses aren't aren't working and right now if you looked at Tottenham as a business you'd say something's not working um with Poch, we all agreed he went for the cheaper option. You get rid of the manager rather than the players. Now, now it's coming to it's getting to a point now, right? Where it's like, right, <laughs> we're gonna have to go a little bit deeper this time, guys. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> with, with with that in mind, what do you think happens over the next? I mean, we have four and a half weeks, I think, until. At the time of recording, we have four weeks and sort of two few days or whatever it is until the League Cup final. What what happens now? He stays. Mourinho stays until the end of the season. Not, whether we want it or not, I just don't think Levy will get rid of him before the end of the season. Um, I don't. I don't see it happening personally. I think we'll. We'll. I think the form will continue to be patchy in the league. And then I think we'll probably we'll probably get absolutely battered in the in the League Cup final. <laughs> um, and then I'm not sure if we'll be fired after that. I think it'll probably be the end of the season if unless there's some unless there's some incredible run and we get fourth. Look, which isn't I know it sounds completely mad, but it's not out of the question at all. If Spurs went on a run to the end of it our our fixture list is fairly kind in comparison we're to back some... to one game a week yeah we're back yeah. to one game a week <laughs> um so and and despite son our injury list is still very kind like we we have everyone um so yeah i think i think Mourinho probably stays if he wins the carabao cup and gets top four you know he's probably here next year as well these two are yeah. these two are less com- are you- <laughs> I'm trying to work out whether Jude and Sean whether you were unconvinced by that or whether you're in agreement. No, no, no. I'm I'm right there. I I, I doubt um Moo will go yeah. before the end of the season, really. Um and in all in all well, I say in all fairness, like Spurs have played two games a week from about August, and it will like 
in theory, it should be nice just to see them play one game a week and have that strongest 11 play every week rather than anything. Um, yeah, any sort of starting 11 like last night, which was just <laughs> hodgepodge. We're now living that that sort of hypothetical, right? We're now live. We're literally living out the hypothetical, but it feels like it's gone to another level now, with the Europa League not being there, because it's it, you're no longer spread betting. You know, it's no longer a case of well, we're still in a few competitions. Like so, it, it, there's lots of things happening at once. It suddenly feels like the walls have closed in, and we're sort of dangling by a thread, really. Yeah, we're at the worst stage of the hypothetical now. And particularly for those very weird Mourinho fans, or even Spurs fans, they're just guys who follow Mourinho from club to club. You weirdos. (laughs) You're going to see what happens now. Would you rather a club finish 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th and have a chance at winning a poxy League Cup or would you rather just be good all the time? We're going to find out. I can't tell you what... what, You were shaking your head there. Like, what, what, What was your... I don't know. What was your thought process there? Just like... As as Sean said, it's the worst hypothetical. And I was just I was just thinking about I've I sent it to you in the chat. I think one day it just reminds me of Juan de Ramos now. Just like the most patchy league season, we'll get some good wins here, but essentially we're not good enough as a team. The players get called out a lot, uh, and and then the manager gets called out a lot. You know, Juan de Ramos led us to our last cup final and our last cup victory. I, would I trade that for coming top fourth and being good all season? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Champions League football, I know Bernie used to get rinsed for it all the time, but you know now we can look at it, especially for what it's worth financially. And if Daniel Levy runs this club like an absolute business, he, you know, he'll be looking at it going, that's a massive financial loss, especially if Spurs get no European football, which you know again is not it's not off the cards completely. But to a Carabao Cup final, I guess I guess that's what Jose Mourinho was brought in for. But it's hardly. I mean, if you'd said to Pochettino, throw everything away, you're going after the Europa League or the or the Carabao Cup. I'm pretty sure we could have done that. But the the whole thing about the time under Pochettino is that we we fought on every front. Yes, he annoyed some fans by saying the cups aren't as important as they should be. But then look at what his league positions; they're just undeniably brilliant and. And to throw away the league in, in hope of a Carabao Cup or, a, you know, if Europa League would have been nice. But it just feels... I just, I, Hunter, as you were talking there, I just had this, like, hilarious, like, pr- like sort of laugh out loud in my head anyway, sort of like I was in hysterics there. Just this idea of, like, if Spurs don't qualify for the Europa League, just someone going into a, someone going into a dressing room and be like, sorry, Gaga, you've got to get the leotard back on. <laughs> We need another six shows. <laughs> Get yourself back out there. Oh. Go, go, like, picks up the microphone and trudges back out. Sorry, just uh. <laughs> oh dear me, dear me. Um, let's let's just finish up with. Um, so Sean and I kind of had a really good discussion last night on on Harry Kane, and my my kind of. One thing that really scares me or really worries me, uh, I want to be clear where I sit on this. I think Harry Kane is not only a generational talent, but I think he's one of the best players we will ever see come through our football club. Um, And the thing that 
worries me a lot at the moment is like Sean said earlier on in the in the show is that Kane's a draw like Kane's an actual draw at the moment if you're not playing in Europe playing with Harry Kane or being alongside Harry Kane who is ruthlessly obsessed with scoring and winning and being the best that he can be is actually a it's 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 an exciting proposition um I worry that while Spurs are not in the Europa League towards the back end of the season, if our season does peter out, let's just say we don't win the League Cup, I really, really worry. Like I have, I, I have the panic that maybe his head could be turned. But surely you didn't necessarily feel that was the the case, right? I, not necessarily, but I think we are now approaching the real territory where I think that Kane would maintain that he wants to stay as long as we're competitive, but I think we're falling away from even that at this point. If we we're if we finish outside the top six, maybe even like towards the bottom ends of the top half, like that's where we're in, re- in real trouble, where it's going to be harder to convince him to stay, where the money will be harder to stump up to prop up his wages. I just think if... I know that there was a couple of reports recently that were saying like Kane's loyal to... Mourinho and he backs him and all this stuff. I think Kane would be like with any manager. I think he's yeah. been loyal to every single manager he's had in his career. I don't think that's a personal thing. And I think what he does want to see at least is a show of ambition from the club, whether that's getting rid of Mourinho and getting someone like Nilesman in, whether that's a promise from Levy that like half the squad's going to be cleared out or whatever. Like I think that's probably what he wants to see now. Just because you know, the last couple of weeks, like we were talking up again, like Kane could be the best player in our history. Kane could break Shearer's record. He could break Greaves' record. Those are all things that he can do at Tottenham as long as we're a top six club. We just need to maintain that level and we're drifting away from that and we're kind of allowing that to happen. We can't allow it to happen. I, I, I wonder if <clears throat> this could be a, quite a defining summer for Harry Kane. Just in that, <clears throat> if he doesn't win anything with Spurs, which, you know, we're only... We're only on for one trophy and it's against arguably the best team in European football at the moment um, then the next stay, step is the Euros and if and if England do terribly at the Euros or don't don't win the Euros you know they're probably what top four with the bookie at the moment then he then it's like right I might I might need to go and win something somewhere else and so that's where my fear comes in is just that, that thing that hangs over some players, you know, a lot of, he gets compared to Alan Shearer quite a lot, but you know, Alan Shearer won. It's a, uh, it's definitely worrying. Hainsey. I, I think I'm more on the side of if, if we don't win the Carabao cup, he could ask to go this summer. And I don't think many Spurs fans could blame him to be honest. He's given absolutely everything to, to, to this club to try and given both of his ankles, given, yeah, exactly <laughs> given his ankles, his hammies, you know, he's, he's given apps. And when you remember those games, like those games, like in the champions league, when we were going out uh, in the group stages and he scores out of nowhere. And, and, you know, the amount of big against Barcelona in the camp now, like, you know, big moments that he's turned up and, and dragged Spurs through games and, I, I don't think many Spurs fans. They'd be gutted. They'd be gutted. There'd be tears on the streets of N17. But, but I don't think any Spurs fans would would harbour any issues if he said, "Look, I, I would want to go." The issue with Kane, as we've discussed previously, is in this financial market with his injury list quite uh, and his age. I don't know if there's anyone out there who's willing to willing to spend that amount of money on a player who might be out 
with with one you know with one hit you can take Kane's ankle out for what did we have last time four months it's a big risk you know it's going to be a hundred million plus to take Kane away from Spurs as well right so he's got three years left on the contract and I yeah. suppose that's the I suppose that's the that's the the, the kind of vital thing right mm. um is that he would have to you do get the impression that if he's if Daniel Levy wants to play hardball um, or, or wants to kind of keep him, keep him for every one of those, one of those years, even if we're not successful for Harry Kane, it would be very difficult to make an argument that he could get a massive move at 30, three years further down the line and go to a side who's going to instantly win the champions league. Mm. Um, so it's not like, like that anymore though, is there? That's the other thing. The only guaranteed success now in 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 football is basically Bayern Munich, right? Yeah, and that's the only, and and the, I mean, there's a there's a certain man there who also is quite good at kicking the ball into the goal. So, and also they you know traditionally Bayern don't go for those those colossal mega deals. Um, German football as a whole doesn't really go for those big mega deals. So, I just I I I, I don't. I wouldn't blame him for leaving, but I do sort of wonder who and where, apart from Manchester United or Man City. And even there, it's like you're not only Man City, you're really guaranteed silverware. You know, all those yeah. big boys are obsessed with Erling Haaland as well. Like yeah. he's the guy that they all want, and he's in the it's papers so weird, every, isn't it? every day. I mean, big, not, not yeah. that I want anyone to. Not that I want anyone to try and take Harry Kane away from us, but like when you look at his numbers, it's just. It's ludicrous. Youth yeah, takes precedent but... now, doesn't it? Over uh, in in almost oh, yeah. every in almost every setting. I mean, you pay for potential, don't you? Nowadays, yeah, exactly. rather than like spending fifty million on Peak Zidane, you could you could go and get a twenty-one-year-old from Schalke for that amount. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and <they> might <laughs> that's be just cracked. the way it's gone. <laughs> yeah, they might not be very good. <laughs> the market's just exploded. That's the problem. So mm. now. I mean, with someone with three years left in your contract, there is no way that you don't command at least 150 million for someone like that. And also we might be doing Harry Kane a disservice. Like to, to Sean's point, it might be that he's that he's desperate to do it at Spurs, you know. Whatever, whatever comes his way, he's desperate to do it at Spurs. And I pray oh. that he is because I genuinely would give everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he is. But like I said, you wouldn't blame him, would you? Would you, would any of us harbour any feelings of resent if he said, like, I need to go and win? Guarantee, I need to guarantee some silverware to... I do almost think that we need to be ramping up as fans that he's going to be hated if he leaves and that he might feel his obligation to stay. Fly the plane, yeah. get the plane out. <laughs> I, do you know what? I, the thing I'll be sad about most if he leaves, I'll feel like we failed him. <laughs> Mm. We've all, uh, yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like we've let him down. That we had a once in a lifetime talent come and play or come through the ranks and play for our football club, and we and we didn't allow him to reach the the highest of the points in his career trajectory. It it will forever make me upset if he has to go somewhere else to experience the very highs that football brings. You know, the the, the real peak points that football can bring. Mm. It'll sort of it'll kill me a little bit like you know you'll be like a horcrux you know there'll be a little it will separate my soul a little bit it'll always be there well we're gonna win the carabao cup remember lads so 
Get excited. <laughs> Brilliant. Sean, right, we'll Sean end there. does not look convinced. <laughs> like, I feel Absolutely like we got not. nice and existential. Do, do, I, I hope we actually provided the arguments on both sides of the coin. Like, I really hope that we gave an all-encompassing look at where Spurs are at at the moment and let us know if we didn't, you know? And also, I'm just sending solidarity to Sean, by the way. Some of the shit that Sean's receiving on Twitter at the moment is just yeah. I'm bollocks. Right. I'm so if right you're, if you're one Give of those people, wobble. yeah, if you're one of those people that is sending <laughs> abusive stuff at a, another human being via the internet, you are absolutely ridiculous. Honestly. Stop doing it. It's yeah. Solitar- so stupid. Solidarity, Sean. Yeah. Keep grinding, bro. <laughs> Hashtag one of our own. Um, right. Enjoy the weekend, guys. I see. I see you on Monday, uh, and I will WhatsApp you on Sunday. Hopefully, where we're all sitting there and be like, "Oh, isn't it nice seeing Bale and Kane score a hat trick each?" What a feeling! What a night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.